You are listening to the Financial Clarity for Doctors podcast by Finity Group, LLC, where we discuss the pertinent financial planning topics facing physicians and other medical professionals. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. And now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Van. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Some of you may have clicked on this particular podcast because today we're going to dive into a hot topic that I think a lot of people are interested in, and we're going to talk about the exciting world of cryptocurrency. Full disclosure, we are not allowed to talk about this and give you advice as far as like buying or selling or anything like that, but we can provide you with some information and hopefully shed a little bit of light on what exactly cryptocurrency is and kind of how it works and all of that kind of stuff. So that's what we wanted to talk about today. Cryptocurrencies have actually caught the attention of a lot of investors because when we're watching the news and we're watching returns, what we're seeing there, especially with things like Bitcoin, is not like anything that we're used to seeing when we're thinking about investments. And the value of Bitcoin, like it was less than a dollar than it was introduced. It was pennies, if I'm like reading my my history accurately. And then over time, it rose like just a little bit at a time at first. It was very incremental. But then in late 2015, it was worth about $400 per coin. And then right now we're recording this in early May or early March, sorry, 2021. And the value is almost at $57,000 per coin. Honestly, I don't even know what that percentage increase is. What are we looking at here, Corey, as far as like how much has this increased? Like what is that exponent that we're looking at? A lot. A lot. A lot. To be precise. A lot. (laughs) And we've all heard stories of folks that like had... 100 Bitcoin in 2010 and they're kicking themselves because they don't have it anymore or it was on a computer that they then recycled and people are trying to like claw back these things that they had in the past because no one knew what was going to happen with Bitcoin. No one knew that we would get to where we are today. I guess some people may have guessed and may have like held on to their Bitcoin and really hoped for that. So we're just going to kind of talk about how it happened <laughs> and what it means or what it could potentially mean and then like focus in a little bit and we do want to talk about how it differs from traditional investments too because this is not this is not what we're used to seeing this is not what our retirement portfolios generally look like so Cordy, you want to dive in a little bit with the yes. what the heck is it part yeah yeah, so cryptocurrency, I think like including the word currency in the in the title is maybe a middle misleading cuz it's I mean there's over 2500 of these cryptocurrencies now. It seems like every day a new one is popping up. Some of them are a little more legitimate than others. I think a lot have been found to be fraudulent fronts just to steal people's money. So definitely uh, be careful if you're seeing a new cryptocurrency and think you want to be one of the early adopters of it. Um, you know, obviously Bitcoin is probably the the 800-pound gorilla in the game. But um, you know, again, a currency is something that we've all agreed on a particular value and is regulated by 
the governmental entities that oversee the, the distribution of that currency. Like in America, we have U.S. dollars. They're printed by a, a, a federal you know, authority and distributed and regulated. And um, uh, but. You know, even uh, like a dollar is only worth a dollar because we all agree that it's a dollar. Otherwise, it's just a piece of paper with some green ink on it. Or I guess now they have some other colors on the on our currencies. Um, you know, it's it's only worth what someone's willing to pay. But at least there's like a, a, a regulate regulating body overseeing it, and um, you know, it, it helps facilitate the, those transactions and make them more legitimate. Whereas these cryptocurrencies, if you want to call them currencies, are just these, you know, fancy schmancy computer generated things, more or less. We won't get into the details of blockchain technology, which has all sorts of different uses and purposes. But, um, you know, like Bitcoin, for example, was created, uh, I think, like 10 or 12 years ago. And um, you know, there's a limited number of coins available uh, out in the market. So, really, the price is purely based on supply and demand and what other people are willing to pay for it. If someone isn't willing to pay a certain price, then the price will come down until someone is willing to pay that price. If demand exceeds the amount of people willing to sell their quote-unquote coins, then the price will rise until you know, the, the, the sellers are willing to part ways with with their coins. So it's there's really nothing supporting it. There's nothing backing it up. It's it's just purely supply and demand. It's worth it's like baseball cards or basketball cards. I think that's a you know a good uh, analogy right now. There for anyone who who is a sports fan or or follows that stuff. Basketball cards have just taken off um, lately. That's you my know. husband. There you go. Like people uh, have cleaned out their closets during COVID, found all these old cards, and you know I collected basketball cards as a kid. I should I, I still have a box of them upstairs. I should go through and see. I'm sure I've got some Kobe Bryant rookie cards, Allen Iverson, you know, all those 90s players that, uh, you know, some of them could be worth something today. But, um, but yeah, they, they've just taken off, like, uh, and the, the, the demand for them on, on eBay is, is insane. But there's also not necessarily a regulating authority, but like a, an actual, like, service that'll certify the the quality of your cards i think it's called like psm or something anyways getting off track with, with this it, same thing there, there's really no value to this piece of paper with you know lebron james's face printed on it other than someone wants to pay money for it and have it and look at it and hold it and touch it beyond that if if, if someone doesn't want to have it and hold it then there's no value to that piece of paper with lebron james on it um no different than than these cryptocurrencies it's only worth what someone else is willing to pay so until there's some some like regulation and uh and commonly accepted value across all parties then it's going to be really tough to like to treat this as a true currency which maybe one day we'll get there one other yeah yeah, I think that's what people are hoping for, is that one day we'll get there. Like with a, a true currency, you can use it to buy things, you know, to buy food or a house or, 
you know, like a Kobe Bryant rookie card, like whatever it is. Like, yeah, there's there's an agreed upon amount of money that your money is worth and then you can use it to trade it for goods and services. And cryptocurrency isn't there yet. Like in some very limited areas, you can potentially buy and sell things with cryptocurrencies, but not commonly. It's more like in the black market and things like that, which, you know, hopefully we're not involved in anyway. So if if I can't buy a house with Bitcoin, it's it's really just worth whatever it's worth because someone else wants to buy or sell it. Like that's it's just not the same thing at this point. Like and and again, we may get to the point where you can use Bitcoin to buy a house or whatever it is, like airfare, go on a vacation, all of that kind of stuff. And if that's the case, then it probably has some underlying value in it. it probably will take some sort of regulation before that happens but that's i mean that's not something we really know either we do know we can't buy a house with it period right i mean you might be able to if someone's willing to sell you their house in exchange for bitcoin but you got to find a very unique seller in that case um right you can't just go down to your can't go down to your local starbucks and buy a coffee with bitcoin yet maybe one day but uh um so yeah, I think that's the key. Until you have that uh, two-way acceptance of, of the value and it's widely accepted to where you can go anywhere and use it in exchange for goods and services, it's going to be hard. And, and on the regulation front, we're starting to see it a little bit more. Like in the securities, the SEC has, has adopted um, you know the authority to trade certain cryptocurrencies on exchanges. Um, you know, but it's and the IRS is now taxing it as property. So you know it's treated like a house or a car or something so you know there there are certain tax implications if you have it and if you sell it you got to pay taxes on your profits just like anything else um so we're starting to see you know some regulations step in but we're a far cry away from you know it being like regulated like dollars and cents so i know we were talking about another example in addition to the basketball cards of, you know, a thing that people were really excited about for a while. And I actually hadn't ever heard of this before, but I don't know if anyone listening has heard of this before, but there was a, a craze for Dutch tulip bulbs back in the 1600s in the Netherlands and Holland, where people were basically paying like thousands and thousands of dollars in today's dollars for a single like tulip bulb, like 50 to a hundred thousand dollars because they were so excited about these tulips. Like some really rare ones could even go upwards of $750,000 per bulb. It's something like solid you can hold on your hand, but are you really getting $750,000 worth of enjoyment out of that flower? I don't think so. I mean, (laughs) I don't think maybe, apparently they were because that's how much they were willing to pay for them. And if they were willing to pay it, that's it. But I mean, that's more expensive than, than a house. Like even in... Portland, it's more expensive than some houses, but people bought most credit. They did all, yeah, most houses. Yeah, people did all sorts of crazy things, um, and it, it it was detrimental for their finances in a lot of situations. Like they couldn't repay their loans. They had to to resell those bulbs that they had bought for an extraordinary amount of money, maybe for less money than they bought it for because they just really needed some cash flow. Um, and and I think it, it's. It can be that way with a lot of different things, and we want people to avoid doing anything where they are getting themselves into trouble with something that's just really, really volatile. Um, 
And so I think in general, when we're talking about things that are more volatile and, and more risky, we just want to avoid anything that could be detrimental to our financial goals. So I think that's something that we want to just kind of focus on a little bit. Like, what is this? Is this fun? And if so, cool. But let's not get too wrapped up in it. Does that kind of make sense? I love that Dutch tulip bubble story. If for all of you listening, if you haven't heard of it, just go Google the Dutch tulip bubble. It's fascinating. You know, back in the 1600s, like Rochelle mentioned, there's like a two-year span where people were just going nuts and paying ridiculous prices for tulip bulbs. And I don't think it was like every single person, but more the the upper class who had the money to to spend, but a lot of it was put on credit, bought on margin. They couldn't repay their loans because they couldn't sell the tulips in time, and then the prices collapsed when the creditors wanted their money back. And then people realized and people that, realized it was dumb. Yeah, like wait a second, what are we doing buying <laughs> tulips for more than our houses cost? And then tulips eventually returned to normal prices. You know, kind of not too much different than the 2008 housing bubble where people were just, you know, banks were just handing out loans left and right for these houses because the prices kept going up and people would flip their houses and sell them and then, you know, pay the banks back. But then when credit got tight and, and people had to pay higher mortgage payments on their variable interest rate loans and they couldn't, and then they had to sell the houses and then they couldn't, and then it collapsed. And we all know how that turned out. Um, but I think the one, I guess, um, you know, pet peeve I have is, is like conflicting traditional investments and things that aren't really investments. Like in my mind, in order, you know, speculative things, if you will, like, you know, basketball cards or Bitcoin or whatever. Um, in my, like maybe I'm a stickler, but like in order for me to consider something a, an investment, it needs to produce revenues. If it's not producing any revenue, then it's really hard to value as a true investment. Like with with a revenue producing asset like a business, which is a you know if you own a stock, you're part owner of a business. You can look at their cash flows, their projected future cash flows, discount those based on inflation, taxes, you know, risk free assets, whatever else you want to, and then come up with a, a value that you feel is appropriate. What am I willing to pay for this company's estimated future cash flows? You can actually run this on a spreadsheet and calculator and come up with a price that you're willing to pay for those revenues. But with something that's not producing revenues, it's pure speculation. And I kind of, you know, we'll we'll look at your your primary residence as the same way. It's not an investment. You're not receiving income from that. It's more of an expense, if anything. Now, historically, yes, real estate prices in most markets have gradually increased over time about the same rate of inflation. So while, you know, you may not be getting income from your primary residence, it, you know, hopefully over time will hold its value. No guarantees. You know, some markets, you know, prices go down because people leave those cities. Um, but uh, but it's purely a supply and demand. Your house is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Now, if, it, you know, if it's a rental property and revenue producing and you have a history of income from there and you know what market the rental market rates are, you, know, you could, as an investor, look at that and say, okay, this property is generating this much income. 
here's the expenses that come along with it. What am I willing to pay for, for this asset, this revenue producing asset? And you can agree upon a fair price. Um, you know, that That's probably the, the, the biggest issue I have where, where people look at cryptocurrencies and and lump them in with their other investments um because it's really just again it's it's speculation um it 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 doesn't produce revenues it doesn't it's only worth what someone else is willing to pay and there's the sounds of my toddler coming up and uh saying hello Uh, (laughs) i love it we're gonna keep that in yes (laughs) so it's 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 really tough like i think there is a place for those alternative asset classes and um you know those speculative uh components to a diversified portfolio but i definitely wouldn't view it as like a core holding um you know keep maybe throw a few percentage of your dollars into that speculative arena and um if it goes to zero it doesn't hurt you if it takes off you know you make some money off of it and and you're happy it can only enhance you but it can't hurt you or at least not greatly (laughs) yeah I think there are a lot of questions that people have about just like, how do I get involved in this? Like, it's very confusing. And like, what does this even mean? Um, And there's some interesting things going on right now in the market. Like there are even cryptocurrency ETFs, which is, you know, very similar to a mutual fund where you can just kind of buy a little bit of everything and you can have a small initial investment and, you know, just sort of be involved somehow if you wanted to put a little bit of your money to work that way. And I know like this, this, podcast itself probably seemed fairly negative about cryptocurrencies. No. I, I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. No. <laughs> but I think it just kind of what it it is what it is because at this point as far as the long-term outlook of all of this stuff, we really just have no idea. We just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, people might guess right, but nobody has a crystal ball here. So it just makes sense to be cautious. It's not necessarily that you can't do it at all. Just be cautious. And when we're working towards our long-term goals, like the general idea is that we take on the least amount of risk possible to like achieve those goals. And this is this is inherently like a a bit more risky than other things. So it doesn't mean that like investing itself or like, you know, buying stocks and things like that doesn't have any risk. That has some risk too. It's just a bit more predictable. Like the, the, we kind of are more aware of what the risks are and things like that. When they're more widely accepted and, and, and traded, if you will, um, and and they have a value in dollars that you know. And, and like I mentioned earlier, you can actually look at the discounted future cash flows of a company, and and there's an agreed upon price for that. Now, some you know the some people may differ in what they feel it's worth, and but then that's fine. But at least there's like some cash flow component to it. But yeah, to your point. Rochelle, just the unknown factor. There's just so many unknowns. There's, there's, for one, so many cryptocurrencies out there, and all it takes is some regulation to come into play or a newer version that does the existing thing better than the past one, um, whatever better means, but th- to make the current offerings obsolete. And 
that's yeah we just caution (laughs) be cautious if you're looking at this as an investment don't bet the farm on it sure throw a few dollars in something to treat it like gambling money whatever you would take to vegas and throw on the roulette wheel (laughs) that's what you're you have permission to buy cryptocurrencies with (laughs) and (laughs) you know have fun playing the game but don't let the game ruin you if it doesn't Mm -hmm go in your favor and i've had a few clients like kick themselves because they like had some bitcoin and they sold it and they made money but not as much money as they could have and things like that with this like if you made money give yourself a high five that's amazing like this it's just it's so crazy like what's happening here so you know if you make a little bit of money that's awesome like just be happy and don't don't second guess yourself it is what it is like if we already sold out and yeah i I don't know like i would just say like take your wins and and don't be too worried about what you could have won coulda woulda shoulda yeah we'd all be billionaires if if we could go back in time you know right oh when i was in college i didn't even (laughs) that that five team parlay when i was on spring break in vegas if just the fifth team won their game in march madness i would have made you know whatever tens of thousands of dollars instead you know mm-hmm. i lost but at least i had some entertainment like i mean ever you know you can look at stocks like i, I remember my dad um tell me he bought microsoft stock shortly after they ipo'd at, you know whatever the price was and we did the math at one point um like if he had just held it for the 20 or 30 years or whatever it was you know it would have been worth like 30 million dollars or something insane but like he doubled or tripled his money and sold and it's like all right i made some money in a matter of like months or a couple years you know let's let's call it a win and get out and be happy and obviously life worked out just fine it he didn't need that microsoft stock to like make things work so there's i mean yeah you kick yourself a little bit ah shouldn't have sold or oh it shouldn't shouldn't have thrown out the basketball cards when i left my parents house because that you know lebron rookie card or mj rookie card would would uh would be worth hundreds of thousands today um uh, yeah you, you know can't change the past <laughs> don't kick yourself if if you sold bitcoin at like a hundred dollars a coin you know, mm-hmm. and after you bought it for 10, like that's a pretty, let's call that a win. You know, there's not many investments yeah. where you get a thousand percent return in a matter of a couple of years <laughs> or months or whatever your holding Absolutely. period is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think the moral of the story is like, have fun, but not too much fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't get carried away with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, don't assume you know something you don't know. Yeah. Well, and if you do have, like, if you're one of those people that bought a hundred bitcoins, you know, at a few dollars a coin and you're still holding on to it, um, maybe, uh, maybe sell a couple of them and pocket some of the, <laughs> pocket some of the winnings. <laughs> That is not a recommendation to sell, just so no, everyone knows. Just an idea or a suggestion, not a recommendation or advice. But I mean, if you're sitting on $5 million worth of some crazy piece of air, uh, 
Yeah. Take that as you will. <laughs> Do as you wish with it. One, maybe don't Excellent. tell anyone you have 100 Bitcoins. <laughs> Two, make sure you know mm-hmm. where your password is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. If you guys have any questions about any of this stuff, let us know. We may or may not know the answer, but we would love to chat with you guys about it. I know lots of people have a lot of opinions about cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. we may be a little negative, Nancy, on the subject, but again, there's a lot of risks and a lot of unknowns, so um, proceed cautiously. Do things financial planners don't like. <laughs> well, we know there's unknowns. I mean, that's financial planning. Like, we, you know, mm-hmm. any financial plan, any retirement projection, the one thing we know for sure is that it's wrong and inaccurate. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. too many variables at play in the future that will change things. You know, if we know how long you're, if we know the date you're going to die, what interest rates will be, what taxes will be, what your investment returns will be, what your expenses will be, uh, what inflation will be, then yeah, we can put together a pretty darn precise and accurate financial plan. Problem is, we don't know what those variables are going to be in the future. But we have at least, you know, some good resources and, and history as a guiding post with this. We don't. It's like the Wild West. We're uh, we don't know what to expect here. So um, we want to with with any you know you talk to any investment advisor they'll tell you be diversified, spread the risk around. You don't want too much of your you don't want to throw all your eggs in one basket or have a large number of eggs in a basket. You, you want to spread it around, and that's really same thing here. You know if you have. A large percentage of your invested assets in cryptocurrency, maybe we revisit our strategy and pair some of that exposure back and re-diversify. If you're just curious and want to dabble and kind of have a play account where you throw a couple bucks in, again, if it goes to zero, it doesn't kill you um, or even impact you really whatsoever or impair your abilities to reach your goals. Like if you'll still be on track to achieving your goals with with your other, uh, you know, more boring strategies. Then great, go nuts, have fun. You know, if, if if you're already on track, like with whatever you have left over, do what you please with it. Like we have no issues with that. We're, we're, the the concern we have is if we take money we need and put it somewhere to try and get something that we don't need. If and if it doesn't pan out, then we're we've, in a rough spot. We've taken some steps back unnecessarily. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's all. Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, beating the same drum over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> all right, good. guys. Well, Thank you. Have a good one. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff. You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram at Vanderzanen Rochelle or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vanderzanen. Check out all of the podcast episodes on the finitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our financial clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog. Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group LLC.